Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Investment News Podcast. This is your host, Bruce Kelly, senior columnist and reporter here at Investment News. We want to thank our sponsor this week, Charles Schwab Asset Management. And we have in a very special guest, Ryan Neal, our technology editor here at Investment News. Ryan, welcome back to the podcast. Hello, Bruce. Thanks for having me back. It's been a minute. Yeah, we just had you on last month to talk about AI. Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, with with Emil, but but I just I thought it'd be interesting to speak with you this week because you've been doing some field work for Investment News, some traveling, and you were recently out in. There's two things I want to talk to you about. You were recently out in California at the Future Proof event. And we just want to talk about that and what that is and what your impression of that is and what the purpose of that whole thing is. And then over Labor Day weekend, the Schwab, the, the, the flips were uh, switched on the uh, Schwab and TD uh, integration. And you did a ton of reporting uh, about that, some really solid reporting about that. So those are the two kind of tech issues we want to talk to you about today but first i guess we got to talk about the san francisco 49ers ryan and oh. how are they how are they treating you and i saw jimmy your your old guy jimmy g is is chucking a pigskin for the raiders in vegas or something i was shocked to see that yeah that's right jimmy g we loved him uh wish him well loved his time on the niners didn't love the last throw he made in the uh, super bowl against the chiefs that should have been completed but uh he was otherwise a great niner but um Brock Purdy is our is our guy. He looks great, and the 49ers right now look like a uh, juggernaut contender in the NFC. We'll see. We got the New York. We got the New York Giants Thursday night, hoping for a nice easy win there, and we'll see how it goes. So I'm hoping I'm hoping they go into Dallas on Week Six, or I think actually Dallas comes to San Francisco, but I hope they go into that game uh, comfy four zero. That's what I'm hoping for, or Week Five, I suppose. Anyway. Four zeros. I'm hoping for for the Niners before we face Dallas, who also looks real good. Yeah, Dallas is going to be tough. So it, it, is is San Francisco playing the Giants this week? This week, or is that's, night or that's, next week? That's right. They're playing. Uh, well, from the time we're recording this, then uh, you know a day. Oh, so tomorrow. Okay, in San Francisco or in New York? Uh in San Francisco. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a tough one for the G-men. Yeah, the G-men. Oh. Um, that's it's tough travel, and they you know are without Saquon Barkley. So uh, it'll be a tall order for them. Yes, it will. So the Giants had a fun win against uh, Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals last week. They were down 20 nothing or whatever, and they came back to win that one. So, yeah, that was cool. Um, that was pretty cool, exactly. So speaking of California, speaking of the 49ers, let's move south to what, Santa Monica? Huntington Beach. Um, Huntington Beach, California. Yeah, Orange County. Where there's a lot of Orange County, where there's a ton of these big financial services and kind of financial advice industry type firms. You were out there last week, I believe, for Investment News covering the Future Proof Conference. So if you could just tell us what Future Proof is and what the whole purpose of the event is and kind of how it tries to be different from uh, the other, you know, other big meetings, traditional big meetings in the financial advice industry. Sure. So Future Proof was launched in 2022. They had their inaugural event last year, also in Huntington Beach. Um, and it's the brainchild of this group advisor circle 
uh, primarily their their leader, Matt Middleton, events organizer. They call themselves a production studio. They do a lot of you know, marketing stuff as well as events for the industry. And so a partnership between them and the Ritholtz Wealth Fellows, Josh Brown, Barry Ritholtz, uh, Michael Batnick, those those folks. Brought they used to have an event called, oh, it's going to slip my mind, but it was a, it was a it was a tech focused event that sort of got lost in the COVID times, and when they came back, their their concept was we want to launch something totally different for advisors. We want to launch not another conference, but a, a festival, and that's really what that is. And last year there was a lot of skepticism. A lot of people didn't understand what that means. What is a festival? Uh, a you know a wealth management festival? How different can it really be? Is this just a big scam? You know, people wondered if it was going to be the Firefest uh, equivalent of wealth management. So last year was kind of a wait and see, and I, and I wrote about this for Investment News in my odd technology column. Uh, it was a great success, huge success. Everyone loved it. Everyone had a great time. Uh, it's right on the beach of Santa Monica, like literally on on the beach. It's it's set up like a traditional music festival where there's big stages and you sort of walk around in between those stages are booths where you can check out, you know, your advisor tech, but rather than sales pitches, it's, you know, games, there's golfing, there's digital surfing, there's, you know, skateboard giveaways. Uh, people are skateboarding and, and scootering around the festival. Food trucks are, are there all day to serve you food whenever you want it rather than a designated lunch hour and, you know, buffet. So it really is different. Uh, the, the dress code is completely beach casual, I'd call it. Very just what you see everyone else in San, you know, Huntington Beach wearing, but right. And so this year was bigger. Uh, it was a huge success last year. This year you actually have the asset management firm show up. Lots and lots of people. Uh, attendance more than doubled. The amount of sponsors there more than doubled. Uh, vendors, everything was just bigger, bigger, bigger this year. Oh, that's interesting. So, so in its inaugural year, it didn't have like the big fun companies there or as many as of the big fun companies. Yeah, it was a lot more. Is that what you're saying? It was a lot more RAs and fintech. I'm sure some of the big funds were there. I'm not going to try to guess. The first the first one. The first year. I think some yeah. were there. I'm not going to try to remember and guess who were the sponsors. Right. You know, some of the big names, but a lot of a lot of people uh were were a wait and see approach. And this year they they saw I guess and they were they were all there. Everyone was there. Vanguard had a huge presence. BlackRock had a very large presence. Uh, Invesco had a balloon. Uh, tons of smaller asset management firms were there. You know, kind of everyone that you would name had a presence for the most right. part. And obviously, these vendors, you know, pay the the programmers a fee, a marketing fee, right, to attend the event, set up their tables, and set up their you know, food trucks and set up their, you know, free golf balls and yeah, and all that kind of stuff. So it, it is a, it is you know a whole money making um, endeavor. And the more sponsors you can get, and the bigger sponsors you can get. Schwab Asset Management is proud to sponsor the Investment News Podcast. In today's complex world, Schwab Asset Management provides a simple, straightforward approach to investing. Their focused lineup of ETFs includes low-cost market cap equity index ETFs and fixed income ETFs. Their bond ETF offerings provide clients with a wider range of low-cost choices for strengthening the diversity of their portfolios. These funds also have the potential to provide tax efficiency 
liquidity and transparency. As one of the largest and most experienced asset managers, Schwab Asset Management is committed to delivering exceptional experiences to investors and the financial professionals who serve them. Learn more at schwabassetmanagement.com forward slash ETFs. That's schwabassetmanagement.com forward slash ETFs. So it's, it seems like, the, Ryan, uh, to make a point, uh, post-pandemic, uh, the industry was ready for something a little different when it came to meetings, right? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, the no one wanted to be in a big basement of a big hotel, you know, stuck in a room with the same vendors and, you know, hearing a speech about what the Fed is going to do about interest rates or something like that, you know? I think that's right. And what's funny is the, the hotel that this is connected to is very much one of those traditional conference spots where it beautiful hotel, beautiful location, but you're inside the whole time looking at the beach over there across the highway. So they kind of said, why don't we just go over there across the highway and do it there? But what I would say that I think is important to note is beyond the dress code, beyond the setting, beyond the being outside, and even beyond the musical acts, you know, Method Man and Red Man are certainly not going to be booked by, you know, two of my favorites, by the way, are not going to be booked anytime at, you know, Schwab Impacts. And that's cool. But to me, all of that's more or less window dressing. What I'd say is the really important difference maker of this conference is that it really is, I, I hate to say this, I sound a bit like I've drank the Kool-Aid, but it is a, it's a, a conference that's not really trying to sell you anything, right? Like all of the other events have an underlying sponsor, whether it's your custodian, whether it's your tech vendor, your asset manager, or even like your industry group, like an XYPN or a CFP, you know, there's always that group that's there sponsoring where this sure. is, this really does feel like advisor circle is there, but they're kind of behind the scenes and no one's really like, this is brought to you by this other than the, the standard event sponsors. So this, it feels more like that sort of line that for advisors by advisors, you know what I mean? The focus really is on advisors and not the product companies, which that to me is really the big difference in what makes this even beyond all the other stuff that's cool. What would be an example of of that? Do you think in in the presentations or the or the attendees, the attendees. or yeah, I'd say the attendees because you know the presentations for the most part aren't a whole lot different than something you'd see at a traditional conference. It's you know Bill Crager from Investnet talking about what his company's doing. It's the executives from you know Goldman Sachs's custodian and altruist talking about how custodian marketplace right. is changing it's, it's that kind of stuff I, Joe, Joe Duran was there Duran, too saying what he's doing that was a big, that was a big highlight was getting him you know I hosted a panel with Redtail and Marstone and advisor talking about you know AI and scaling of practice you know that stuff's pretty standard but yeah the attendance man it's it's all over the place it's broker dealers it's RAAs it's young it's older focus really is on like the future of the industry rather than the future of the industry at Schwab or the future of the industry at Orion. It's very much like, you know, how, how you are going to figure it out sort of thing, which I, I liked. Yeah. And that's very much kind of the Ritholtz platform too, right? The Ritholtz, Josh Brown uh, platform, you know, Josh had a blog for, for years, right? Yeah. Which kind of questioned the industry and industry assumptions and you know, he had, you know, he would, he would, ama he, he was great at amassing links to all the news stories of the day that you needed to have, you know, and then commenting on, on that. And then, and then Ritholtz has this whole group of bloggers, right? They have as part of their way to market the firm, 
Right. And that's a big part of it too, is they have, um, you know, live podcasts. All those guys have very popular podcasts. They were, they right. have a, a booth there or a stage there where they record them live and they bring in others to other popular podcasts that advisors listen to. They came and they recorded live sessions at future proof. They also reached out to a lot of new media folks, um, you know, influencers, newsletter writers, bloggers, our old friend, uh, Nicole Casperson was there uh, doing her, her uh, fintech is femme uh, brand and then hosting some right. panels. So which right. I think is smart on the, on the, the planners is that, you know, at traditional media, like investment news was there. New media was there. CNBC had a crew there filming live, doing interviews live from the beach. Right. Really. And then, you know, podcasts. So new media, old media, digital and TV. It's, it's pretty in print. It's, um, you know, they cover the bases. Yeah. I'm going to Schwab. What is it? Schwab impact. Is that, is that the name yeah. of it? Next month in Philadelphia and just be interesting for me to compare kind of the, you know, cause Schwab has been the industry standard for an RA conference, right? For years. Yeah. It's for the thousands of advisors who use Schwab as custodian for customer assets and the like. So to compare that to uh, what you're talking about at Future Proof. So I'm sure it's, I'm sure if you, <laughs> it's most likely Future Proof is going to be a little more freewheeling. Yeah. And one thing they, yeah. one thing they did that I thought was interesting was they had this thing called the uh, breakthrough sessions, which are basically one-on-one -on -one meetings. Um, they're like, they're like speed dating. They're like 15 minute meetings you get with somebody. But what was cool is they planned it using their digital app and both members had to, it, it sort of, it, it took all your information and it recommended you like, hey, we think you'd be interested in this person, but both people had to opt in. So once both people said, yes, I want to meet with this other person, sort of like a, like a Tinder where you both have to swipe right in order to match and set up a date. Once you both opt out, matched with each other, then you could schedule one of these 15 minute meetings and have this one-on-one. -on -one. And advisors loved it, man. Everyone was raving about the system because it was... And the meetings were between whom? Anybody who wanted to schedule them with each other. Oh, Ad okay. So any of the attendees... Yeah, advisors with each other, uh, product sellers with advisors, um, tech, and pretty really anybody. Anybody who was there, uh, I had the option to do it if I wanted to. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, and the idea was to try to eliminate cold call. And the whole, you know, oh, I see you're on the guest list. I'd love to meet you and talk to you about my my new ETF, you know, now it's an advisor says, Hey, I'm looking for a new ETF and a product company says, Oh, I have one. They could actually decide, Oh, let's meet for 15 minutes on this date at this table and talk. And I, I think that's a really good idea that, 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 that will stick around. I think that was smart. Yeah. That's super smart. <laughs> I love, I love that idea. Yeah. That's, that, that's so much better than these other ways of trying to set up meetings with companies and PR people and having 50 emails, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. That, that's very, very cool. Any, before we move on, anything else about the conference? Oh, cool. Lots of, lots of funny observations, you know, cause Vanguard was a big sponsor. So, you know, some, somebody, I don't even know what they were protesting, but there was a protest set up about Vanguard on the, on the side of highway one right outside. Oh, right. A couple of advisors saw it, you know, most, most people. Was it like a big truck with a, with a billboard? Yeah. It was, a, was it a billboard truck? Yeah, it was a mobile, mobile billboard. It was a pretty little truck. I right. think there's still one person out there. So there was, there was that. There was uh, some concern in the crowd at the Method Man and Red Man show about uh, some of the content, uh, not necessarily of the song lyrics. No one was really upset about that. 
but of some of the in-between-the-songs banter that uh, that they engaged with. I'm, I'm going to tease that for now, because I'm working on an uh, upcoming column about uh, I mean, this. Method Man wasn't PG-13 for the crowd. It was very much not, no. Method Man and, and, <laughs> and, and Red Man as well. Red Man was also and Red Man. doing his thing. But they were great. And those guys are founding members of the Wu-Tang Clan. Technically, Method Man is, yes. Or well, not technically, he is. Okay. Red Man was not, but he was on their first album, He's kind of like okay. Method Man's friend that's always around, but he was never officially Wu Tang. He is in, in the, in the Wu Tang adjacent, as we call it. It's kind of like Billy Preston in the Beatles. You know, the keyboard player. He was around, but he was never officially a Beatles. Yeah. Beatles. Yes, exactly. But they were great. They put on a great show. There was also a Easy Star All Stars, who are a reggae group that I love. They put on a great show. Um, and then G Love Special Sauce was there. Um, that was cool. I think my one my one complaint, would, if I had to have one, was they tag it as the world's largest wealth festival, and that's displayed prominently. They have a big, you know, a, a big saying in the middle of the conference that you can see from the beach and from the highway, and right. it's in its public space, right? People are going by constantly from the public, and when I went out in Huntington Beach after the festival is over, you know, I have, I have friends and family from that area. People saw it and had questions on what is that? What is a wealth festival? Are you guys just celebrating being rich? And Huntington Beach in particular is a is a community with huge wealth and income disparities. There's you know significant homelessness along the beach. And so that that was just one thing. And that was something I raised with the planners last year is, you know, do you guys want to be calling it a wealth festival? Why not an advisor festival or a wealth management festival or a planning festival? Why a wealth festival? Because, you know, if people don't know what you are, that might sound a little tone deaf. Um, right. And they said that they were aware of that and that they were going to think about that. But I guess they decided to keep that slogan for a year or two. And, and I don't know, maybe I'm being overly sensitive. I've talked to other advisors. No one else seemed to have a problem with it. But to me, if I'm a low-income person strolling along the beach and I see people celebrating in a gated-off area, the wealth festival... You know, it wouldn't maybe inspire the, the best feelings in me, but, you know, that'd be my biggest gripe, I'd say. Well, that person probably doesn't have a financial advisor. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> that that poor or middle-income person walking up the beach most likely does not have a financial advisor. They very well may, but most likely they don't. Most, yes. So uh, it's not it's not the audience that, that these guys are searching for. Okay, that's all great. That, that's all fascinating. That's all fascinating stuff. It's good to see. It's good to hear that a lot more big companies were there and a lot more different people and that it's still, you know, very advisor focused. A lot of these meetings, you know, you know, sometimes things are great for a little while and then they kind of, you know, lose their lose their relevancy. So we'll see what happens with this this in the future. I just also wanted to ask you, Ryan, about integration between Schwab and TD, thousands of advisors here, hundreds of thousands, millions of client accounts. What ha what happened on Labor Day, if you could tell us that first? And Schwab said it was going to buy TD three years ago, I think, right? In, in, in the fall of 2020. And so this integration has been planned and worked in, for years. Yes. And this is the next phase of a multi-phase process. Previous ones, I saw it was just Labor Day. I think it was Memorial Day weekend earlier in the summer. They moved retail investors over, so everyone that was on the you know DIY uh, TD trading platform was moved right. over to Schwab's digital trading platform, 
you know, there was some belly aching on Twitter. I, I wrote a column about this as well. Some investors were more unhappy. They have lost some assets. They've, they've been upfront about they've published some data showing that assets have left the platform, but kind of within line. They they expected, I think it was, uh, I forget, it was a 1% or 2% attrition. And they say that the assets being lost are in line with that. So this- One to 2% isn't bad in an integration like this. Yeah, uh, but that was retail. You know? So this, so now Labor Day was advisors, and that I think to them was much more important because that's you know obviously significantly more assets and institutional relationships, and uh, if they get it wrong, they could lose some big clients of theirs, and right. some advisors have left. Uh, we've written about it at Investment News that some firms just were not impressed and didn't like what was going on. Um, they're maintaining accounts at Schwab, but they are opening new accounts elsewhere. Um, so it is. Not going perfect, but according to Schwab, for the most part, things went well. I did it. And elsewhere would be Fidelity and Persian, most likely. And maybe LPL, too. Uh, yeah, well, the story we heard was, uh, I forget, Fermo, I think it was CGAN. They announced that they're moving to LPL, uh, but also the Goldman, Goldman's uh, custody platform. All right, and Goldman has a new custody. Yep, offering, yep. Uh, there's also Altruist. Is the new guy on the right. block trying to trying to pick off some of these accounts? So you know we'll we'll see how it shakes out. Another report just came out late last week that more assets are continuing to leave because of the integration. Uh, but that's again, I think that's expected. We're still in the dust is settling period. More advisors will likely leave. Others will likely stay. The feedback I've gotten from advisors is that those who you know took the time, did the training got on Schwab system as early as they could, started playing around with it, started learning it, asking questions, doing the work, which admittedly is a lot of work and is time consuming and probably annoying, you know, to learn a new computer system. They're doing well. They're like, yeah, we're ready for it. We knew we were getting, it moved over. My accounts are there. The information's there. We're good. The ones that didn't do that kind of stuff uh, are the ones now kind of struggling. Uh, or at least that's what I'm hearing. Now, what I can say is off the record, advisors have come to me and have had big concerns that certain stuff has not worked, certain information has not moved over, wait times are very long to get service, but a lot of those firms have not wanted to go on the record and talk about it in detail with me right. for various reasons. And some of them said, you know, we're, we're going to talk with Schwab first, then we'll talk to you. And after they talked with Schwab, they've disappeared. So maybe... Yeah, I've heard I've, that's been a pretty common kind of just kind of grumbling yeah. among financial advisors that the wait times are long. But there's I've never had had a way to to kind of write a story about it uh, in full because it's just kind of like you know something they're commonly pissed off about, pissed off about. You know that wait lo- that once you call the call center, it's a long wait. You know. Then it was it looks a longer wait than it was TV. Yeah, and you know I've seen in some of our competitors have ran stories about advisors who are not happy with the change. When I read that though, I don't see a lot of specifics other than you know I don't like the technology as much that that I liked Veo. You know TD's Veo was their technology for advisors platform. I don't right. like that. Right. And Schwab Advisor Center I don't like as much, which. You know, okay, I guess that's a, that's a fair complaint, and you know, one that Schwab I'm sure hears, but you know, I don't know if that's 
is that going to start costing them clients in the long run? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it will. But I remember talking to you about that when the deal was announced three years ago. Yes. You know, that's, that was the big thing that stood out to me at the time. This whole idea, and I didn't know TD's platform very well at all. And, but the big deal was the Veo uh, platform, which had all the various technology vendors yes. right? yeah. that you could use on it. And it was more robust, I guess, than what Schwab had. It had more vendors and kind of a greater variety and, and younger vendors too was part of the attraction to Veo for, for a financial advisor and an RIA. Uh, so that was all to me, that was always going to be a, a fly in the, in the, in the beer. Yeah. When it came flying the soup or whatever, fly Lansing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, but if you're only, if you're losing one or 2%, that to me, that's pretty good. Uh, Cause I write about all these broker dealer mergers, right? And if they lose 10% of assets or advisors in a merger, that's pretty good. If they lose 20%, that's, that's pretty good to okay. Yeah. You know? So 1% is, uh, I think I, the house will take that any day. Yeah. Again, the dust is still settling, and I and I do think this is 100% creating opportunities for other players, like an altruist, especially, and some of the some right. of the smaller custodians, trade PMR, you know, those kind of guys are definitely seizing on this as an opportunity, and I no doubt think they're they're winning some. Uh, Schwab as well, obviously, is winning some accounts through this. Fidelity has been oddly kind of quiet through this whole thing. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Pershing these days seems to be focusing a little more on their technology project, but uh, we'll see. I think this is going to be a story that has ripples for years to come. That Schwab, that, that this whole transaction, this whole conversion, some advisors will be happy, others will not, and how it shakes out over the next 6, 12, 18 months is going to be, I think, an ongoing story in our industry. Ryan, that's all great stuff, man. I love it. You got anything else? Well, not for nothing to tie it back to uh, future proof, uh, Mr. Josh Brown himself did tweet saying that he, quote, just want to tip my cap to Charles Schwab for pulling off the largest brokerage custodian merger of all time over the weekend, an almost flawless transition four years in the making. And then had some other, some other kind of words to say about how many of his households spread across how many accounts moved over that itch, that there were minor issues that need to be fixed. But overall, he says clients are happy, advisors are happy, bravo. So that's that's uh, a leading advisor in our space who tends to be very frank with his opinions uh, and was the you know mastermind behind Future Proof Festival. That is his take on the conversion. Yeah, I'm glad you raised that. Uh, I saw that tweet uh, by Josh, and you know that's um, that's a pretty good plug for Schwab to get. I think, right? Yeah, and you know I. They're kind of doing their own thing, right? Like they've praised Altruist. Uh, I think they work with them a bit. They worked with Betterment, uh, opening accounts with Betterment's custodian service, and they're launching their own robo advisor, which I assume won't be with Schwab. So the fact that you know, I don't think they have much of a reason to to praise unless they mean it. So uh, just thought that was worth noting. Great. All right, my man. Anything else to add before we go or no? I think I'm good, Bruce. Good talking with you. How about the what? What how are you feeling about the Mets ending the season here? Are they going to play spoilers? Uh, or why do you have or? to bring that up? Well, my my what? Giants are struggling too to get into the wild card, and they just had a bad loss. So I gotta distract myself a little bit with the Mets misery. Uh, let's the Mets shall lie until next season. Okay. My friend. Okay. All right. 
All right, Rye, hang in there till we finish up, please, okay? You got it. Launching every Monday. It's another episode of the Investment News Podcast. Thank you very much, Ryan Neal. We also want to thank our sponsor this week, Charles Schwab Asset Management. Find the podcast at investmentnews.com, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Leave a review, follow us on Spotify, and stay tuned. We'll be talking to you in two weeks.